You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings, one of my favorite shows that we do. We do a bunch, by the way. Ross Tucker Football Podcast, every day, all you need to know about what's going on in the NFL, 25 minutes, typically, or less. People love the daily nature of it. Even Money Betting Podcast drops on Tuesday, one of the top three NFL betting podcast in the galaxy. College draft podcast, so fun. Talking about the spread, the biggest college games, the best prospects. This is the show that's so nice we do it twice. Primarily because it's the best way to chop it up between two different shows. We've got the greatest fantasy analyst over the last five to ten years on our show. I don't know why enough people don't know that. I know there's other guys that like have bigger names. Check the facts, okay? Check the people that actually go through and evaluate this and grade this. His name's Joe Dolan. He's the fantasy gangster at FG underscore Dolan on social media. You got to check out fantasypoints.com. I love it. I mean, just the data suite, just the information is worth the subscription just make sure you use the code 23FEAST when you go over there so that you get the discount on already a very, very reasonable price. I, of course, am Ross Tucker. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Pretty much every platform. Love all the YouTube viewers, YouTube subscribers. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We start, Joe, with Thursday night. It's the Denver Broncos. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. What do I need to know? Oh, boy. Um, It kind of feels like it's all coming down for Denver, right? Like, through the first um, few weeks of the the season, we're like, you know, this isn't actually Russell Wilson's fault. And it kind of isn't. I mean, this defense is so freaking bad. And then Russell Wilson has the play uh, at the end of the Jets game where he's rolling out to his left and he drops the football and it's returned for a touchdown. And then there goes that game. Um you have to begin to wonder if Sean Payton's regretting taking this job, if the Broncos are regretting trading for Sean Payton, because this is a disaster. And th- this seems like it could be a name-your-score game for the Kansas City Chiefs, who, quite frankly, Ross, are not playing all that great on offense right now. It's really the defense that's carrying the Chiefs right now. Nonetheless, they're double-digit favorites in this game. And Isaiah Pacheco has been a guy who's kind of become... Sort of a bell cow. Uh, He's catching the ball a little bit more than he used to. So I think this can be a good Isaiah Pacheco game in as much as the Chiefs can make it a run-first game. They never do. Um, So obviously it looks like Kelsey's going to play after the scare last week. He practiced on Tuesday. So it looks like he's going to go. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball to Kelsey. And I wonder if just from from a fantasy accounting perspective, when do they start to make some changes at the wide receiver position is my question. 
Uh, I know you're going to talk about somebody, but in terms of yards per route run, Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are two of the worst three wide receivers in football. And Rasheed Rice, the rookie, he's actually top 12 in that department. He's just running way fewer routes than the other guys. If there is, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. I gave up on Sky Moore after week one. I've been saying for a couple of weeks, if there is one wide receiver who's going to emerge as a consistent fantasy option here, I think it's going to be Rasheed Rice, the rookie. So, and he's available on waiver wires, by the way. All right. So here's what I got for you, Joe, because every week for DraftKings, I give you two picks I really like for the Thursday night game. I'll give you one from each team. For the Broncos, $5,200, Jaleel McLaughlin. I never heard of Jaleel McLaughlin two weeks ago. Now I love this guy. The Youngstown State running back, very explosive. He's been their most productive running back. I love when they end the ball, especially on screens or in space. $5,200, I think Sean Payton knows He's their best weapon out of the backfield right now. And then for the Chiefs, Justin Watson. He saved Mahomes, you know what, at Minnesota. Mahomes threw uh, a a hospital ball, to quote Joe Dolan, up in the air, should have been picked. Watson, with the Ivy League athleticism, skied above the safety for the Vikings to catch it. Chiefs go on to score again. That was the play of the game. Justin Watson's only $3,300. The Broncos give up big plays like it's going out of style. Watson gets a touchdown of over 30 yards in this game. I like McLaughlin. I like Watson. Who do you like, Joe, for the Broncos offensively? <laughs> I like Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, I keep saying McLaughlin like Sarah McLaughlin, uh, but I, I, you know, I think people get the point. I, I like to pronounce names correctly, but that one I just can't shake. Th- that kid's got some serious juice, man, and I think the easy comparison is Darren Sproles, like the Broncos version of Darren Sproles. It looks like uh, Javante Williams is going to play this week, by the way. He got a full practice in on Tuesday. I want to see what the three-man rotation is going to look like, if it's a three-man rotation. But the Broncos' leading receiver in week five against the Jets was Samaje Pirine. So they're obviously going to work in all three of these guys, but I just feel like McLaughlin is the guy who the Broncos need to use if they want to create some big plays. I do not love this receiving group, and you wonder after this game, does this receiving group even resemble itself because of rumors of a Broncos fire sale? I might be trying to acquire a Jerry Judy in my fantasy league if if he's uh, available because you know, there have been trade rumors. Cortland Sutton, there have been trade rumors for these Broncos as they look to recoup some of the draft capital that they have lit on fire in the last couple of years by trading for Russell Wilson and for Sean Payton. Baltimore and Tennessee are this week's Sunday 9.30 a.m. Eastern time game on NFL Network, Joe. What do you got for me, Ravens-Titans? Oh, God, the Titans, man. This is just a team that it feels like the week that you don't back them, it feels like it's the the game Derrick Henry goes off. But the fact of the matter is this. It's actually really easy to to predict, at least if you believe Vegas is good at its job. And quite frankly, if Vegas wasn't good at its job, Las Vegas would just be a hole in the desert. Um, Derrick Henry, when the Titans are favored, is 
basically scoring over the last few years double the fantasy points than when the Titans are underdogs. The Titans are underdogs in this game against the Baltimore Ravens. And then, for me, that means there is a young man on the Tennessee Titans who actually, to me, is a pretty intriguing flex play, especially in these weeks. You know, we've got more running backs who got hurt this week. A-Chan got hurt. James Conner got hurt. We, we'll talk about those injuries. Tajay Spears is currently third in the NFL in yards per carry, and he's been working in liberally. He's out-snapped Derrick Henry in multiple games this year. So with the Titans really struggling offensively, you know, Traylon Burks is banged up. There's three guys who I can play for fantasy football. And that's obviously Derrick Henry. I think in redraft, you have to play him. In DFS, only play him when the Titans are favored, and you probably should play him when the Titans are favored. DeAndre Hopkins, who looked phenomenal last week, having a big game. And Ty J. Spears is a is a sleeper type of guy. And like he's a guy who was still available in like 70% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. The last I checked, he could be out there on your waiver wire in a 12-team league. And that's a guy who, if Derrick Henry goes out, has bell cow potential. So that's certainly somebody who should be rostered in more leagues right now. And for Baltimore, Joe? So Baltimore, um, the injuries at wide receiver just continue to pile up. The ineffectiveness at wide receiver just continues to pile up. You know, I heard... A lot of criticism of Lamar Jackson after the game against Pittsburgh. And I know he threw an interception at the goal line, but quite frankly, man, I thought he lost so much production just from wide receiver drops. Rashad Bateman dropped a touchdown. You know, he Rashad Bateman dropped the pass down the field. Nelson Aguilar dropped a long touchdown. Where have you heard that before? Zay Flowers had a couple of drops in that game. The Ravens put all these resources into the wide receiver position, and they're still not getting adequate production. I actually think Lamar Jackson's been playing really well, quite frankly. So, um, And this is the Titans got absolutely crushed on the ground by the Colts last week, um, which was the first time they've gotten – I think it was just – it was the first individual 100-yard rusher they've given up since Saquon Barkley in week one last year, and just the fourth time in the last three seasons they've given up 100 yards on the ground. I don't think that's now a new trend uh, and Baltimore's running back rotation could include uh, the UDFA rookie Keaton Mitchell this week. I'm not really counting on anybody from the Ravens' backfield. I think Lamar's been throwing the ball well, and I think this is a pass-funnel defense. I think this is a Lamar Jackson game. Hopefully his receivers can hang on to the football. Joe, let's move on to the Commanders at the Falcons. Oh, boy. Um, this is a really intriguing game. Um, Desmond Ritter. As, and hey, look, I, I was here and I was I, I criticized plenty of, of Desmond Ritter. I, I said last week on the program I was just holding off for them to go to HB Heineke. Um, well, Desmond Ritter's held him off. He threw for 300 yards in that game um, against, uh, that was the Texans last week. Ritter, I thought, played very well. Uh, still a little bit iffy on the accuracy, but he certainly uh, got the job done. Now, we know where Washington has been getting picked on. Washington's been getting picked on um, through the air, most notably the rookie corner, Emmanuel Forbes. Now, I don't think if, if Washington wants to throw Forbes out there, I don't think they're going to view Atlanta as a high-powered passing attack. But this could be a spot for Drake London to continue to make some plays. I think this might be the first time ever since, since they've drafted both of them. But Kyle Pitts and Drake London actually led the Falcons in receiving. Pitts was one, London was two last week. It's kind of what we wanted to see, even though Jonu Smith is still around. So keep an eye on that, although I know there were memes on Twitter uh, about how 
disappointed uh, Drake London owners are going to be by the fact that the Falcons traded for Van Jefferson because there's one more guy for Arthur Smith to mix in there to take production away from his elite guys. One more thing about Kyle Pitts. I think you have to use him at this point. 87 yards is literally one of the best yardage games by a tight end this year. We've had one one, 100-yard game by a tight end this year. Um, Kyle Pitts, Josh Norris of Underdog Fantasy, he, he put this tweet up. And it showed that all of Kyle Pitts' catches came on an in-breaking route to the left, which is intriguing to me because it was his right knee that he hurt. So he's pushing off that right knee. Whatever the case, it feels like they figured out something to get Kyle Pitts the ball, but he played a season-low 54% of the snaps, which is still a concern. I still feel like you got to play him. But, man, it's, it feels so precarious. What about the Commanders, Joe? Yeah, I thought last week was such a dumb game plan. Um, I don't know what they were doing. After after Eric Bieniemy had a great game plan against the Eagles, they fall a little bit behind. I mean, not a little bit. They were behind 17 to nothing. But 55 straight dropbacks for, for Sam Howe, the player we've charted at FantasyPoints.com as being at fault for the highest percentage of his own sacks. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. He, he came through for fantasy. But Brian Robinson, six carries for 10 yards, that cannot happen when Sam Howell is your quarterback. And here's the irony. Sam Howell throws 51 passes, and how many of them get directed to Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson? Five apiece. So they're really mixing the ball around. Man, Terry McLaurin's a wide receiver three at this point. Jahan Dotson's a bench guy. Um, but the guy who stands out to me as someone who should be rostered in basically every league because of the state of the tight end position is Logan Thomas. 11 catches, nine, nine recept, uh, excuse me, 11 targets, nine receptions for 77 yards. He scored. He's had multiple touchdowns this year. As long as he's on the field, he's a player Sam Howell likes to throw the football to. Joe, whether it's that game or any game, I'm obsessed right now with the game time app. I don't know how they have the technology, whereas I'm looking at it right now. For those of you watching on DK Network or YouTube, they literally have a picture where you can see your vantage point for section 436, row 15, section 319, row 11, $188. It's amazing to be able to see exactly where your tickets will be. They have tickets right up to the start of the event, sometimes even an hour after it starts. It is the place to find last-minute deals, love the game-time guarantee, and love that you get an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, so again, create an account and redeem code F-E-A-S-T for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. What guarantees do you have for me, Joe, in the Vikings Bears? We don't have any Justin Jefferson, and there's enough tea leaves out there, Joe. It sounds like it's going to be a while. Yeah, I mean, he's on IR, so they're there in and of itself makes you know it's going to be a while. Uh, they have a bye week in week 13. Could it extend to that? So without Justin Jefferson, uh, here's what I guarantee. I guarantee Viking fans are going to be sobbing into their pillows uh, for what looks to be another lost season for Minnesota. Jordan Addison's looked like a stud to me. His role's going to have to increase. K.J. Osborne's been one of the worst receivers in the NFL on a yards-per-route run basis, but his role's going to have to increase. I know a lot of people put bids in on him. T.J. Hawkinson, 
uh, is is his role is going to have to increase. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say here. This is the player the Vikings could least afford to lose, and they've lost him, and they've lost him for a long time. Now, this is a bad bear defense. I think it's somebody uh, a defense that they can get after, and I think Jordan Addison could have a huge game. The guy who came in and actually had the most production after Jefferson left was Brandon Powell. Now, I don't know if they're going to game plan Brandon Powell into their into their uh into their attack or if that was just an emergency thing, but he had four catches for 43 yards on six targets, you know, after Jefferson left that game. So, there's somebody on in a deeper league you could focus on, but unfortunately, uh for Kirk Cousins, I his fantasy stock obviously takes a huge hit uh, as well with the loss of Jefferson. There there are some players you cannot replace in fantasy football. Justin Jefferson is one of them. Chicago, their offense two weeks in a row, Joe. Yeah. There's signs of life. Yeah, and look, um, Minnesota's defense did a decent job on Kansas City last week, but let's see if Justin Fields can ride this momentum. Like, uh, two weeks uh, – look, look, Ross, I'm going to take the larger sample over the two-week sample. Um, against a couple of bad defenses, but ju- but Justin Fields is starting to look like he's he's seeing things a little bit better. They're designing runs, they're moving the pocket. So I think Justin Fields is a viable fantasy quarterback this week, and obviously DJ Moore is somebody you can't bench. Look, I understand DJ Moore had like a two catch for twenty five yard game earlier this season. He also just had eight catches for two thirty and three touchdowns. You can't bench that guy. Uh, so you play him, you play Cole Komet, you play Justin Fields, and keep an eye on the status of the of the guys in the backfield because. Um, Khalil Herbert, I think, is going to miss some time. You saw him try to come back into that game on on Thursday night with the ankle sprain, and he clearly tapped out right away. Um, that that's a high ankle sprain that it looks like he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Rashawn Johnson was in concussion protocol, but he gets extra time to get out of that. If Rashawn Johnson goes, I think he's a strong RB two this week. Um, and they're obviously going to activate Deontay Foreman for those of you in deeper leagues. Uh, if you need somebody to pick up and maybe get eight to ten carries in your fantasy league this week. Let's talk Seahawks Bengals, Joe. Are the Bengals back? So, first and foremost, I want to tell you about the most encouraging play I saw from Joe Burrow. And I know he threw three touchdowns, excuse me, threw three touchdowns to Jamar Chase. The most encouraging play I saw from Joe Burrow in that entire game was in the first quarter. It might have been the Bengals' first drive, actually. He, they're down in the red zone, and he gets pass rushed. And he's dropping back in the pocket, and he has to avoid pressure. He runs to his left. He runs to his right. He jumps over a defender. He goes back to his left, and he eventually loses 15 yards. But I thought that was the most encouraging play I saw from Joe Burrow all game because he moved. And he showed a degree of elusiveness. And then he follows through on that with his best game of the season. So maybe we should have believed him when he said he felt the best he had ever felt, or at least felt this season, after the Week 4 game in which he, frankly, looked terrible uh, on Monday night. So obviously this is a this is a great sign for the Bengals. We'll see about T. Higgins. They go on by next week, um, which, which could indicate that they could keep T. Higgins out another week. Um, but the other guy I need to talk about is Joe Mixon. He is an expected fantasy points god. Like uh, our, our Scott Barrett at FantasyPoints.com has a metric where, you know, he basically takes in the quality of carries, the quality of targets, and where they're located on the field and basically distills that into what you would be expected to score as a fantasy football player with that role. Joe Mixon had 31.8 expected fantasy points last week. He had 11.4 actual fantasy points. 
But you might remember last year I would talk on this program about how his role was greater than his production. Maybe this is just who he is. But maybe Joe Mixon is due for a breakout, especially if Joe Burrow is as back as it looked like he was last week. What about Joe, the Bengals on the other side coming off the bye? Yeah, the Seahawks, um, let's see. Uh, I'm sorry, Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a very intriguing uh, Seattle team where I kind of feel like they're a four-man fantasy team. Jackson Smith and Jigba's done nothing. Um, they're starting to get Zach Charbonnet a little bit more involved. Um, he's still a bench guy for me, but you might need to play him in, in the event of a bye. He's been getting a few more targets recently. But to me, it's Geno, it's Kenny Walker, it's DK Metcalf, and it's Tyler Lockett. None of whom were particularly great um, last week uh, uh, against the Giants the last time they played. But they didn't need to be great because the Giants couldn't score. So I actually think this could be a uh, this could be a bounce-back game for the Seahawks. I think they're going to need to score a little bit more in this game against the Bengals. It's a score anytime you get DoorDash. If you're feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat, make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dip, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more delivered straight to your door, Joe. Before we get to San Francisco at Cleveland, I'll just add... Drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your fantasy friends, with your family. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Niners are a wagon, Joe. Niners and the Browns. So um, the Niners obviously look like the best team in football, but we have a, um, a big caveat here. What's the status of Deshaun Watson? And we don't know. And there was a report Um that let me let me let me uh, find the reporter this is a uh, Brad Stainbrook um uh who reported that if Deshaun Watson can't go this week Dorian Thompson Robinson was look he was overmatched in his last start and he was, should have been and he was a fifth round rookie um they're going to go to PJ Walker um I don't know what that means for Deshaun Watson but if regardless the 49ers are going to be favored heavily if Deshaun Watson does not play in this game which which is unfortunate because I really want to see this 49er offense, and I guess we still will, see the 49er offense against an elite Cleveland Brown defense. You know, this is a Browns defense that could be the second best in the NFL uh, uh, to the 49ers. So I think the Browns defense has an opportunity to maybe try to force Brock Purdy into some of those mistakes that he was known for at Iowa State that he is not making in the NFL thus far. And Brock Purdy obviously coming off a very impressive performance against the Dallas Cowboys. I hope we get Deshaun Watson in this game just because I want to see a competitive football game. This should be a challenge for the 49ers going to Cleveland. The weather could be nasty this weekend. Um, Christian McCaffrey, by our metrics at FantasyPoints.com, actually has one of our worst matchups of the week. I'm not saying you should bench Christian McCaffrey, but he's uh, also coming off a a less-than-stellar game against the Cowboys from an efficiency standpoint. Um... He actually had his worst game by yards before contact per attempt last week um, against Dallas, and the Cleveland Browns' rush defense could be stifling. I'm, again, you're not benching any of these guys. The 49ers are too good, but I'm really excited to see this challenge. What about the Browns on offense? Again, let's look at the let's look at the Deshaun Watson situation. Obviously, you downgrade everybody here if Deshaun Watson doesn't go. Um, the Browns in Week Four before the bye. 
Um, Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong had a kind of a three-man split. I just wonder if they were trying to get something going against the Ravens. Again, a tough matchup, but this is also not a tough matchup. Uh, and now a tough matchup against the 49ers. I'm still downgrading Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt because of the difficulty of the matchup, even if Deshaun Watson goes in this game. Last game we'll hit in episode one, Joe. It's the Saints at the Texans. Yeah, so the Saints, uh, Chris Olave is a player to watch. He kind of got hurt uh, in pregame warm-ups last week um, with a toe injury. He played through it, but he has not produced. I think he has just three catches and a, and a short touchdown uh, over the last two weeks with Derek Carr playing hobbled. Um, no offensive line has been worse at creating functional space in the run game than Houston's. Um, the Texans have our worst rush grade of the week at Fantasy Points Data through five weeks. Um, they've generated the lowest uh, adjusted yards before carry per attempt on the ground. And it's entirely possible that Damian Pierce is to blame for much of his inefficiency. He hasn't had a single game this year in which he's averaged more than a yard before contact per rush attempt. But it's worth noting for Damian Pierce, if you've maybe looking for a buy low guy or you've been holding on to Damian Pierce, that his best game in yards before contact per attempt came last week when he averaged nearly a full yard before contact per attempt, coinciding with the returns of Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard to the lineup. Now, this is a difficult matchup with the Saints, but it's possible Damian Pierce is a buy-low guy. Anybody else on the Saints to talk about other than Olave? Uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara. Start the freaking guy, man. I, I mean, he's got a bell cow role right now. Um, uh, obviously, they had Kendra Miller come in at the end of that game. Not a huge deal for me. Olave dinged up. Derek Carr still dinged up, but Alvin Kamara is looking like an RB1 right now, especially if the Saints can keep moving the ball. Lots of games to talk about in episode number two. Make sure you're subscribing to the show. Make sure you listen to both episodes every week so you know exactly what you need to know from a fantasy standpoint from Joe Dolan. We'll be right back, episode two, tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.